Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trico Tidbits. That's the show with the awful name, but the fantastic guests. Uh, I'm John Yukub, and I'm joined today by Larry Pierce of Larry Pierce and Associates. Uh, Larry specializes in helping his clients achieve their wildly important goals. And Larry is also the author of Crazyfornia, Tales from the Tarnished State, which is an Amazon number one bestseller in its genre. Larry, did I miss anything? Boy, it was nice to hear Crazyfornia mentioned. Uh, thank you. I think uh, my tombstone may say I hit number one on Amazon for a day. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And uh, I know we're here to talk about uh, one of the big things going on right now in the city of Walnut, California, and that's the conversation around Brookside. That's a proposed neighborhood there. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Sure. Um, Brookside, you know, when I first went to the Brookside side, I was, I was blown away. It's just not what you're used to seeing in our urban environment. Uh, it's a very, very unique site. And I think that's why there's so much conversation about it. Um, there is... Um, there was a, a, an equestrian center there and some of the buildings, including the, the main stable building, which is quite iconic in, in Walnut, um, is there on the site. Um, and also um, Lemon Creek flows through the site. And, you know, the, the, the heavily forested banks, the, the water running, it's just something we're not used to here in Southern California. So it makes it a really, really different site. And as you know, it is a big topic of conversation in Walnut. Normally 28 new houses being put somewhere wouldn't really be a blip on the radar, but because um, so many people took riding lessons here or they know someone who got married at, at the stable, you know, because it's a really pretty place uh, or they just drive by it and like it. Uh, it is a, a high profile project, much higher than 28 homes uh, would normally be. Um, so just to give you a, a quick look at how we're approaching this, um, there's a lot of land there that has been disturbed by equestrian activities there or, you know, corrals there, stables there. Um, and that is where we want to concentrate uh, the development. We don't want to go uh, into the creek area, into the into the wooded area at all. So our plan leaves 42% uh, of the site as open space, the entire creek and the trail around the mm -hmm. creek, um, and a, a little park that is where the stable is now, uh, is all preserved as open space in addition to um, the area fronting Meadow Pass and Lemon Avenue, where there's some really beautiful mature trees. We want to keep that so that there's that visual buffer there. So um, by doing that, uh, we end up with um, something that uh, most of the public maybe won't notice the difference too much because the big trees around the edge of the property, the people who walk on the trails will still be able to walk along the trails and that'll be um, the same experiences as they've always had. Um, and then there'll be these um, 28 new homes that are going to be in this remarkable wooded neighborhood. Um, when we're done with the project, there'll be more trees on the site than there are now. Um, our agreement with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife is uh, every non-native tree we have to that we have to move, we have to replace with one tree. And every native tree that we have to remove, we have to replace with three trees. So we're going to end up with more trees when we're done than there are now. 
And because there's so many trees, uh, we actually in between the houses, there will be trees that are required mandated trees that the homeowners can't take out. They're gonna be there forever and just make this neighborhood wooded and tranquil and peaceful, unlike, unlike what we're really used to seeing very often. So a very, very special plan. Um, yeah, and I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a California native. You keep using this word trees. Trees. Can you explain that? Um, anyway, I'm just being goofy. But uh, <laughs> so, and, and, and it sounds like there, there's a lot being invested to preserve what's there. What can you tell me? Um, there's any time there's development you know, here in California, there's going to be some opposition. What, what might be some of the objections that you're hearing on that and, and, and how would you respond? Well, obviously, uh, you know, I, I do this for a living in towns all over. I don't know why, but that's what I do. And um, everywhere I go, there's resistance to, to new development. And much of it is just the sense that, you know, I remember how it used to be. I remember it when it wasn't this crowded. Um, I remember it when things were more bucolic or pretty, if you, if you go back far enough, you know, um, and, you know, that's all true, but we happen to, to live in the large, the second largest metropolitan area in the United States, and it does grow and it does change because it is a big place. We, we chose not to live in Nebraska or Montana where things just aren't as dynamic. So um, I hear that everywhere and I hear it in Walnut. Um, and it's true, this will change to a small degree, the face of Walnut a little bit because one, one small parcel is gonna change. But in terms of that particular sentiment and you know the fear of more cars on the road, the fear of uh, more people in front of you in line at Starbucks. Remember when we stood in lines at Starbucks? Um, yeah. So, that's not as big of a, a problem with this because it's it's just 28 homes. So if you if you look at the traffic um, over a 24 hour period, this project, according to the city's traffic study, uh, will generate about 270 car trips. Uh, the busiest hour of the day between five and six o'clock in the afternoon, it'll generate 28, which means that's one car every two minutes that wasn't there before. So it's not really the sort of thing that people are gonna feel a impactful difference to. Um, the, the other two things that, that come up about this project is uh, a zoning issue and the stables. Uh, and the zoning, uh, this is zoned R1, and that's got a 28,000 and some square foot minimum lot. Um, and what you typically see throughout Walnut, if you go to Zillow and you have it draw the lot lines, you get these very long skinny lots and the house is there at the top at the, with another house right next to it, another house right next to it. And then these long lots that go back behind it and turn basically open space into private land uh, because the lots overlay the open space. What we wanna do is have a somewhat smaller lot. Our lots range from about 15,000 square feet to there's one that's over 30,000 square feet and the average is about 18,000. Um, we want to make them smaller so that we can take the open space, the creek and the woods and all that stuff and make that public land, not draw the property lines across it, make that public, um, give it, give the trail to the city, um, have it um, 
maintained with an HOA payment. The HOA will pay to maintain it, but the city will own it. Um, right now, if you walk on the trails, which you can do, you can go out. It's a nice, nice weather. Go out and take a sun, uh, sunset stroll along the trails through this site. You can do that uh, because the owner lets you do that, but it is private property. Once this project is approved, it'll become public city owned and it'll be like every other city trail in Walnut uh, with the wooden fencing and the, the nice gravel service, surfaces. Um, but some people want us to go with the R1 zoning despite the benefits that our plan has. So that's that's a kind of an arcane argument. And it's a, it's um, a fairly small group of people, but they feel pretty strongly about it. And we've, we've talked with them and we've met with them. Um, and we're gonna end up uh, going to the city council with a difference of opinion about it. Um, the other thing is the stable. And um, there's a, you know, there are misconceptions about the stable uh, that aren't really important because what's important about the stable is that it's an emotional thing with a lot of people. Uh, they may think that it was a part of, it was filmed in the movie National Velvet. It turns out it wasn't, but so what? They still feel strongly about it. Um, Many think it is or should be a historic building. Uh, it isn't and it doesn't qualify, but again, that doesn't matter. They've, they've got a pull for it. And um, we've recognized that from the beginning. From the very beginning of our planning, we realized that the stable is special and we have to do something with it. Um, originally, the developer, Jack Sue, uh, wanted to convert the stable into his house and live there. And have it right there in the site looking like it looks. Um, but the structural engineers came in and said, you just can't do it. It was built 80 years ago for horses. It's not built today for people. So in order to make it meet the fire code and the earthquake code and uh, all the different safety and uh, disability regulations that we, that we face, uh, the engineers said, you'd have to, you just have to tear it down and rebuild it. So we're, looking at that type of scenario. Um, we've carved out that lot to be a public park and we're working with the city on how best to deal with what the structural engineer has told us. Uh, there are different ways to approach it. Um, one of the things that we talked to the planning commission about and they liked the idea, the planning commission has approved this project already is to um, kind of deconstruct the stable and then put it back together again to code using as many of the materials as we can salvage so it really has the same feel. Um, it, it's up to the city council to decide ultimately how we do that. But we're, um, we think that um, when the Brookside community is built, this little park is gonna be there and there's gonna be a building there that um, one way or another is the stable, represents the stable somehow. Uh, we don't know how it, exactly that happens yet, but we're, um, we're willing to do it. We're willing to put up the money, um, you know, to, to put up a fund to, to, to accomplish that. And we're willing to do it um, in the first phase of the project so that it's not something that dangles out there as a promise for a long time, but, but gets delivered. So gotcha. uh, those are the three things. And um, we also just have a whole lot of people who like the project and would like to see it move forward. Okay, so what I'm what I'm basically hearing is that you know in, in Walnut, you know, there's this era, you know, we all love it, and that it's we're kind of reaching the end of that era, no matter what. 
And, and now the question is, you know, are we going to make something that honors what was there in addition to something new? Or, you know, is it going to just be uh, maybe go fallow and, and you know, uh, not, you know, not be preserved in the way that everybody would remember it? Yeah, I, I, I work with a lot of different developers. And I have to say that um, the developer here is unusually sensitive on this kind of thing. And um, he has always felt that way about this building. And one way or another, I think um, that, you know, it, it will be marked somehow. It'll be that, you know, won't just be a memory. Anymore. You know, it'll be something. Mm -hmm. And we're struggling because of the poor condition that the building's in and the fact that it was never built to any kind of code. You, you can go out there, John, and you can look at like the main posts that are holding up the main beams of the building. And there's nothing but gravity there. There's not a nail, a spike, steel reinforcement, any of the stuff that you would expect to in an earthquake prone zone. So we have our challenges, but we're, we're, you know, we're, we're up for the challenge. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that would be a real problem if the earth around here would shake. I mean, but since that never happened. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, so it's, it's, it's stood up through a few of them so far. It's, it's not, it's not flimsy. It's got some spunk to it. So, yeah. So, and so there, there's a lot that's technical about it, but I think you've been able to, to give me a sense of like, what, like what really this is essentially what's going on there. If you could like give just a, a big idea, leave a big idea with anyone who's listening. They live in Walnut. They're concerned about this uh, this particular proposed uh, uh, project. What would be the big idea you'd want to give them? Um, I don't want to sound um, like I'm overstating something or I'm um, hyping up this project. But I recently saw um, a board of images that we're using as our as our inspiration and guide for this project. And I gotta tell you, John, I think this is going to be one of the best neighborhoods in Walnut. It's going to be unique, it's small, it's wooded, it's unlike what we're used to living here. The houses are going to be um, very pretty and um, on the large size, you know, uh, let's say 5,000 square feet, maybe a bit bigger. Um, good looking houses with trees all around them and nice yards. Um, I think it's, you know, it's the kind of neighborhood where if you've got family coming to visit you and they're not familiar with Walnut, this is the kind of neighborhood you'd want to drive them through to give them a good feel about what a nice town Walnut is. And that, that's how people, I think, will see it in the future. Um, it's not going to be just another tract. It'll be something very special. And it's all public. There's not private streets. There's not gates. You can just drive in and drive through it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and Lair, again, I want to thank you for uh, for taking the time to, uh, to let us know more about uh, the Brookside project. Now there is, if you haven't seen our our wildly popular podcast, uh, there is a, a tradition that I have where I like to uh, to throw this on our guests. Um, I I'd like to bring up an image here. It's a quote, actually. I'll share my screen, and if you would give your best uh, dramatic delivery of that quote, I would be I would be obliged. Oh my gosh! All right, okay. so I'm, I'll, I'll I'll throw it out here. I, I uh, I'm I'm not that I'm not that cruel. Someone asked me if I were stranded on a desert island, what book would I bring? How to build a boat? <laughs> I love that. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, 
really so obvious, but yeah, I mean, we go through life um, overly complicating things, don't we? It really gets down to how in the world do I build a boat to get out of here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love that. I was going to say Crazy Fornia, but I'm going with the uh, How to Build a Boat book for that scenario. Crazy Fornia is the one yeah, you'll sneak, sneak that in with you. Yeah, yeah. No one notices. Yeah, that's the book I wrote during the recession when I had a lot of time on my hands and things were looking terribly grim with a $20 billion deficit in the state. And it's basically about all the stuff California's done wrong. And it was in the current history genre on Amazon. It it hit number one for a few days. So, yay. (laughs) Yeah. Any uh, any plans on on a sequel? Um. No, you know, I'm, I'm getting uh, closer and closer to retirement. So I'm focusing on exercises that make money, <laughs> as opposed to writing books. <laughs> and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a, a, a bucket list thing. And I'm glad I was able to check it off and have some fun doing it. But um, this work that I do, um, educating people about these, these new home projects, um, to me, that's really hugely gratifying because um, if all goes well, someday I get to drive and see down and see families moving into houses and, you know, life happening where um, something that I invested my time in um, for a few years is, is finally uh, taking shape and, and becoming real. And uh, it's just, it's so exciting uh, to be a part of, of that happening. Um, and it's not easy. And I've worked on projects uh, for over 10 years, you know, to get them approved. It's, it's not easy to, to do this. But the other side of that coin is that through the complicated process that we have uh, here in California, both governmentally and because we have a, a very involved and engaged population, um, the projects get better, you know, the they get a bit more open space. They get a little bit more of a, of a better look. There's a, there's more uh, pluses for the city um, as a result of the process. So um, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to be involved with. And um, you know, we all live in houses and uh, they all got built one day and probably ticked somebody off when, when they got built, but here we are living in them today. And uh, because we live where we live, it's it's going to keep happening. Um, I'm not sure how many more neighborhoods like Brookside, though, with this um, low density, large house, single family lots. We're looking at so much more medium density, higher density, uh, three story, four story attached units that um, this is really um, the sort of special thing that you're not going to see that much of as we go forward. I, yeah, I, I agree completely, especially, and it is pretty rare to see low density being placed right now. Um, but again, it's, it's just, we're throwing more at that California housing shortage and we're going to, we're going to do what we can. Yeah. Um, there's some millions of people out there who are looking for a house that they're, they're frustrated. They're still at home with their parents, try, trying to save up the down payment, what have you, or they're thinking about leaving the state and taking all of their earning potential and all of their smarts with them to some other place. So to try to keep them here, we do have to build more houses. And uh, I was talking to the president of a local um, home builder, actually that's based out in, in the, this area. And um, she said that 
they are getting better and better and better at the medium density, high density product. It just keeps getting better, more attractive, more livable. And uh, she's really excited about the challenge. She feels that we're always going to be building single family detached homes somewhere for somebody, but that the focus is on this denser product and they keep getting better at it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the catchphrase I'm hearing is build houses, save California. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> build them smartly, sensitively, uh, with a lot of community input and save California. Perfect. Yeah. So thank you so much, Larry, for your, uh, giving of your time, your expertise on this. Thank you for sharing with us. And I hope to have you again uh, on our podcast sometime soon. Sure. If I may say just one thing, John, um, yes. we are going to the, the um, Brookside plan will be going to the Walnut um, City Council for approval. February, March timeframe. So just around the corner. Um, if anyone wants more information, uh, my email is very simple. My name is Lair, L-A-E-R. And my email is Lair at Lair.com. Just drop me a line and we can have a dialogue. All right, perfect. Well, you heard it, everybody. And again, Lair, thank you for, uh, for being with us and I'll see you around. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.